This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed on this program are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend, co-worker, family member, or someone with whom you disagree. If you don't like what you hear, then perhaps you should find another podcast, because we speak the truth here on the Truth Hurts program. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. I only wanted to do one program today, but there's so much going on in America that I felt compelled to do another Truth Hurts program segment today. Welcome to Election Central. I'm your host, Steve Z, and today we'll take a look at evictions in the United States of America. Remember when Joe Biden and the Democratic Party screwed over millions of landlords during his mishandling of the Fuji flu, <clears throat> excuse me, the China virus, oh, damn, the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023? Remember when the powers that be at the time said that no landlord could evict tenants simply for not paying their rent, especially when Biden was destroying the economy? Remember when property owners were forced to let people remain in rented properties without paying their contractually obligated rental payments? Remember when landlords were losing their properties to foreclosure because without the rent payments they couldn't make the house note? What a mess Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi created back then. Naughty, nasty, Nazi Nancy Pelosi said, evicting people was cruel and mean-spirited and probably racist because so many black and brown people rent. They rent, Nancy, because Biden's so-called Bidenomics has put home ownership out of reach for poor people, black people, brown people. They're just as bright and talented as white kids, right? That's what Joe Biden said. Put it out of reach to those dark-skinned Americans who don't make as much money, supposedly, as the Asians and the white people. Put it out of reach due to his high inflation and high interest rates. But I digress. Today we hear that naughty, nasty, Nazi Nancy Pelosi is being evicted. Not from her palatial estate in California, or her mansion in Washington, D.C., or even an apartment. Nancy Pelosi has been evicted from her hidey hole in the nation's capital. Democrats, liberals, and their accomplices in the mainstream leftist, progressive, liberal, woke media, and their buddies in filthy Hollywood are all speaking out. You see, Nancy somehow believes that she's still in control of the House of Representatives, even though she lost the speakership when the Republican Party gained majority control of the body. And... Although Kevin McCarthy had the right, the power, and the authority to do so, he let her keep her little hideaway, her little special office in the Capitol. But you see, Kevin McCarthy has been evicted as the House Speaker. And whenever there's a change in leadership, whether it be in the House of Representatives, the Senate, the White House, the Governor's Mansion, your house, hell, my house, sometimes people have to move out of rooms. It is the way of things. Hell, I've had to move offices at my regular job three times in the last two years just because some people come in with new ideas of how they want to rearrange the office space. But once again, I digress. This week, after the ousting of the weak Republican leader Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House, one of the very first actions of the current temporary Speaker of the House was to tell Nancy Pelosi that she needed to vacate her sprawling prime real estate office in the Capitol which is reserved for the Speaker of the House, which Nancy Pelosi is no longer. The Speaker of the House has much more responsibility and a much broader workload than any other congressperson. Nancy Pelosi is now just any other congressperson. So Patrick McHenry, the current temporary Speaker of the House, 
ordered that Nancy Pelosi vacate her sprawling hidey hole. In what I am calling the first show of actual leadership and power by any Republican in the House of Representatives, Patrick McHenry, the Republican congressman from North Carolina, evicted Nancy Pelosi from her private Capitol office. And of course, all of those whiny crybaby libs are lashing out at McHenry, the current, although temporary, Speaker of the House of Representatives. McHenry notified Nancy Pelosi that her hideaway office had to be reassigned for Speaker of the House office use. He did so by email. He sent an email ordering Pelosi to, quote, please vacate the space tomorrow. The room will be rekeyed, unquote. There's nothing at all wrong with McHenry doing this. A spokesperson for the nasty Nancy Pelosi campaign confirmed that the lawmakers' things were indeed being moved the same day. With the help of the pandering bootlicker, racist House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat of New York's staff. Not Hakeem himself. Far be it for you having a black man move some white lady furniture, you know. He had his staff do it. Of course, Nazi Pelosi lashed out and her bootlicker buddies rushed to defend her. You see, nasty, naughty Nazi Nancy Pelosi is currently out west in California to pay tribute to Dianne Feinstein, who assumed room temperature last week at the age of 92, far too old to still have been sucking from the government teat. In a statement, Pelosi dinged the Republican for pushing her out, saying, quote, With all of the important decisions that the new Republican leadership must address, which we are all eagerly waiting, one of the first actions taken by the new Speaker Pro Tem was to order me to immediately vacate my office in the Capitol. Sadly, because I'm in California to mourn the loss and pay tribute to my dear friend Diane Feinstein, I am unable to retrieve my belongings at this time." Unquote. Well, I got news for you, Nancy. You would have done the same thing and probably did the same thing when you first became the speaker yourself. She says, this is unfair. Claude Taylor is a liberal author who wrote, so petty. Jim McGovern is a Democrat from Massachusetts and he slammed McHenry's decision posting, Republicans have no class. The problem is not just that they're incompetent, it's that they are mean and petty. By the way, Nancy Pelosi is in California at the funeral of her dear friend, Diane Feinstein. An inept former television news host and ex-wife of Arnold Schwarzenegger, the former governor of California said, what in the name of God? We best all wake up. This is way bigger than Kevin McCarthy. We all have to realize that our country and its future is on the line now. And of course, the bashing will continue. But in the meantime, pack your bags, Nancy Pelosi. You have been ousted from your private office. It is the way of things. Joe Biden has done something else ridiculous. He has nominated Hunter Biden's former legal colleague to lead the special counsel's office. Something is rotten in DC, my friends. President Joe Biden has nominated the former legal colleague of his scandal-ridden cocaine addict son, Hunter Biden, to lead the office of special counsel, which is a position designed to investigate the executive branch of our federal government, which includes, surprisingly, the president's office, the vice president's office, and everyone in the executive branch. The special counsel is supposed to also protect whistleblowers. 
But here's Joe Biden tapping former Department of Justice Office of Legal Policy head Hampton Dillinger to lead the Office of Special Counsel. Dillinger and Hunter Biden overlapped at the law firm when the younger Biden recruited the firm to represent Burisma Holdings while Joe Biden was the vice president. This is all based on factual evidence taken from cocaine addict Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. This is rottenness to its very core. The Washington Free Beacon first reported Dillinger's nomination and ties to Hunter Biden. It had previously reported on Dillinger's links to the president's son when President Biden nominated him for his Department of Justice position. Yawn in the mainstream media. Crickets in the mainstream media. Hunter Biden and Dellinger scheduled lunch in February of 2014, and both of them attended a law firm dinner party in March of 2014. The dinner party plan appeared to include other members of the law firm's crisis management and government response teams, including people who were subsequently emailed found on Hunter's laptop. Barisma was paying Hunter Biden more than $80,000 per month to sit on their executive board during the time Joe Biden was the vice president of our nation. Despite his lack of experience with Ukrainian affairs, despite his lack of experience with the energy sector, and as his daddy, Joe Biden is often heard saying, this is not hyperbole, this is fact, all taken from bank records released by the House Oversight Committee. Then Vice President Joe Biden led the Obama administration's Ukrainian policy while Hunter Biden, his son, was on Burisma's board of directors. This is utter criminal activity. Two IRS whistleblowers testified in May and in June about special treatment that Hunter Biden was receiving from Department of Justice investigators who all worked under Dellinger in some way, shape or form. The committee released a treasure trove of documents substantiating all of the whistleblowers' testimony. The importance of protecting whistleblowers from unlawful retaliation and the importance of informing whistleblowers about their rights under the law cannot be understated. It is the law. And guess who is investigating President Biden and his crime family? The Office of Special Counsel, to whom Joe Biden just appointed Hunter Biden's former co-worker. Hello, liberal friend. Are you one of the millions of Americans who were tricked into buying an electric vehicle and now you have nowhere and no way to charge it? Are you out of juice on a long, empty stretch of highway? Or in a sketchy neighborhood and you have no place to recharge your electric vehicle? Is the nightmare reality of your poor decision finally getting you to wake up? If you answered yes to any of these obvious questions, then the Hunter Portable Power Generator is the thing for you. A 71-pound anchor on wheels that might fit into the trunk of your electric car that can charge your electric vehicle in just under nine and a half hours, the Hunter Portable Power Generator runs on reliable gasoline. There's even a built-in radio that picks up NPR and college radio stations only, so you can stay up to date on the liberal, progressive, woke issues while you sit on the roadside, waiting those nine and a half hours for your car 
bar to recharge. An optional video screen is available so you can watch pre-programmed eco-friendly movies, television shows, and documentaries from climate activists like Al Gore, Greta Thunberg, and others. This will be a welcome diversion from seeing all of those gasoline and diesel-powered vehicles whizzing by you as you sit in the heat, the cold, or a sketchy neighborhood, waiting and waiting for your electric vehicle to recharge with the all-new gasoline-powered Hunter Portable Power Generator. Order yours now online at huntergenerator.com. That's huntergenerator.com. This product is manufactured in communist China in a factory that runs on Burisma gas. Joe Biden is a very capable, competent communicator. He is an effective speaker. He's a great leader. Just ask him. He loves himself. They thought that Donald Trump was a narcissist. Joe Biden is the narcissist. He makes Donald Trump look like a shy guy when it comes to his own narcissism. I was reading an article today by Melissa Koenig in the New York Post. The title of the article says, Interviewing Biden was the saddest thing as he couldn't finish his sentences. This according to ex-ESPN host Sage Steele. The former ESPN host said that interviewing President Biden was the saddest thing because he seemed confused and couldn't finish his sentences. Steele said he struggled, he trailed off on topics, and that was two years ago. So forget about politics, I don't care, I didn't vote for him, Steele told Bill Maher on his Club Ransom podcast Sunday. She admitted she thinks Biden is a terrible president, and she's a Blafrican American. She said it made her sad. The human aspect of what we're witnessing right now, to her, is heartbreaking. She told the comedian Bill Maher that she interviewed Biden in March of 2021 for a pre-recorded segment ahead of the opening day for Major League Baseball in that year. She says it was satellite, it wasn't in person, noting that they were having technical issues and she still had to stall the now 80-year-old president as they waited for issues to be resolved. She says, so I had to like BS. I had to chit chat, waiting for us to start rolling. She said she couldn't see the president because his staffers kept a cover over the lens until just before it was time to go on air. But you could hear and we're chit chatting. She says, so I can hear him. And he goes, oh, wait, what's, what's this for? Wait, what, what's, her, what's her name? And I was going, oh my God. And an aide said, Sports Center, ESPN. And then he says, oh, okay. At that point, the president started to tell her about his own football career. In high school, Biden claims he was a standout halfback and a wide receiver. He says he played football at the University of Delaware. And so he starts to tell football stories of his greatness, Steele recounted, though she still couldn't see him because they had the lens covered. He says, I have the best hands. What do you say to that? And here's the saddest thing, she said. His voice just started to trail off. He said, I was good. And then he went silent. And then he says, oh, never mind. Steele's podcast appearance came days after Bill Maher told Biden that he should drop out of the 2024 presidential race. He says, I thought it was so sad because I realized that's why he was in the basement during the whole election cycle, because even then he couldn't finish his sentences. So forget about politics. I don't care. I didn't vote for him. However, it made me sad. The human aspect of what we're witnessing right now with him to me is heartbreaking, and it's inexcusable by the family when you knew during the election. Just like an annoying STD returning over and over again to cause you pain, COVID-24 is coming. The COVID-19 franchise that began six excruciatingly long years ago at the end of 2019 is making a comeback for 2024. You remember the uncertainty of the never-before-seen man-made viral pathogen released just in time to bring down a sitting president and sway an election in COVID-20 the sequel? Think back to the lockdowns, the empty shelves, and the fear-mongering in COVID-21. 
How can you forget the continued lockdowns, shutdown of an economy, and massive inflation of COVID-22? Don't forget the endless variants, blame games, and a million COVID deaths of 2023. If you thought the original COVID-19 was bad, and you thought COVID's 20 through 23 are worse, if you remember all of the variants that were brought out to keep you scared, COVID-24 is currently in the works to be brought back to the small screen every single night as we head into the 2024 presidential election. You'll see the return of an all-star cast, Biden, Harris, Schumer, Fucci, Burks, and special guest appearances by Nancy, Barack, Hillary, and Bill. Relive the memory of the cartoon COVID cell floating in the background of every newscast. Look on in awe at the resurrection of magic mask mandates, failed vaccine boosters, and the scare tactics of the liberal left like you've never seen them before. You better stock up now on toilet paper, bottled water, paper masks, and hand sanitizers. Because the left will once again do anything and everything to divert your attention away from their failed policies and the Biden crime family's illegal doings. COVID-24, it's coming, and it should be no surprise to any of you. You know, we are just around the corner from college football bowl season. As the college football season heats up and teams are vying for their positions in the upcoming bowl games, it's a little early. I haven't bought the turkey and stuffing yet, but it's just around the corner. It's just a month or so away before the bowl games begin. And hotel reservations for the storied, historical, patriotic Army-Navy game are being canceled due to an influx of illegal, criminal, law-breaking, trespassing, invading migrants in Massachusetts. From Foxborough, Massachusetts, one of the most anticipated games in college football would be played this year at Gillette Stadium. The Army-Navy game will make its Foxborough debut this year on December the 9th. American presidents often attend, but you can be certain that tens of thousands of veterans from around the country, indeed around the world, will be pouring into the greater Boston area. Tickets for this game sell out quickly and hotel rooms always become a hot commodity. So it's very troubling now that a travel agent is getting phone calls from clients and their hotel rooms for the game are being canceled. This travel agent decided to call the agency that was partnering with him for the big game. He was told they are leasing out the hotels to the state of Massachusetts for illegal immigrants and refugees. The company was supposedly working with the state to house migrants under the right to shelter law. Clients who had previously booked hotel rooms were being notified that their hotel rooms were being canceled. At least 70 reservations in one hotel alone were canceled. In a statement on Thursday, Geary Hotel Management spokesperson didn't address the cancellations directly, just saying that they are committed to providing shelter and support to refugees at our hotels as a gesture of solidarity and humanitarian responsibility. We are opening our doors to those seeking refuge in our community. We look forward to working with local authorities and organizations to ensure a smooth transitions for all those who call our hotels home during their time with us. Once again, they're turning away paying guests. Why? Because the Democratic political party, the Biden administration, is paying these hotels much more money to rent them to illegal, criminal, trespassing, 
law-breaking, invading migrants who have not been vetted for criminal records, for diseases, for their participation in the drug and human trafficking trade? Nope. Sorry, Army veterans. Sorry, Navy veterans. Sorry, people who actually put their vacation time into this year's game. If you still have tickets to the game, you might be able to commute in two, three hours away and then walk through the crap-filled, drug-needle-infested streets of Boston, maybe being accosted, carjacked, robbed at gunpoint, assaulted, battered. We would much rather house filthy illegal immigrants in our fancy hotels than you. Oh, I sincerely, sincerely hope Donald Trump gets to be president again and that he builds a big, beautiful wall and that he and the Democrats in the House of Representatives put forward some real immigration reform and that these people get expelled back to the countries from which they came. And then I hope that these same former patrons of those hotels remember it next year when the Army-Navy game returns or the following year and call out to these veterans, please come stay at our hotel. We're hurting. We love our veterans. We need you. Please come patronize our facilities. And I hope every one of those U.S. veterans, every one of those game attendees tells the hotel to kiss their patriotic ass and move on to some other accommodations. What an absolute joke the Biden immigration program is. What an absolute insult to people who work, who pay taxes, and just want to go and stay in a nice hotel room with their hard-earned vacation money. What an insult. I won't tell you what to do, but I'll be making a phone call to that hotel management company, G-I-R-I, Geary Hotel Management, and I'll be letting them know my disdain for their decision. You can do the same if you'd like. I also won't be using that hotel chain in any of my future travels. You're listening to the Truth Hurts program. President Biden predicts America will soon be a minority white European country. Yes, you heard me correctly. Joe Biden has made a bold prediction in an interview claiming the U.S. will soon be a minority white European country. And he should say that because he's creating that situation. He's creating that scenario. He says, we're going to be very shortly a minority white European country. And sometimes my Democrat colleagues don't speak enough to make it clear that that is not going to change how we operate. The president said it's not so much the economic benefits, it is treating them with respect, treating them with respect. His statement is based on predictions by the U.S. Census Bureau that by the year 2045, white people will no longer be the majority population here in the U.S. Joe Biden mentioned his own party, of course. The Democratic Party has, in the past, on occasion, spoken less to their needs and fears or concerns. And so I think a lot of the guys that I grew up with in Delaware and in Scranton, Pennsylvania, they feel like they're not being respected. Not so much by policy, just by the failure to talk about their needs. Back in 2015, Joe Biden was the vice president under the first half-black president, Barack Hussein Obama. You might know him as Barry Sotero. That's what was on his actual college ID when he faked his citizenship. Joe Biden then, the vice president said, persistent immigration will soon make white individuals a relative minority in the country. This shouldn't be viewed negatively. In fact, it's a testament 
to our nation's strength. During the 2020 campaign, Biden said, I speak to you not from Wall Street. I speak to you from Scranton, Pennsylvania. The fact is we're going to be very shortly a minority white European country. And sometimes my Democrat colleagues don't speak enough to make it clear that that is not going to change how we operate. If Biden's open borders policy continues, more than 50 million people will come from Central and South America, some of them here because Joe Biden needs Democratic voters. And that is the way it is. Now we know that Joe Biden is doing absolutely nothing positive at our southern border, nothing positive whatsoever. With 280,000 coming across in the month of September alone that we know of, and possibly as many as 2 million that we don't know of just in September. Biden is on track to do nearly 3 million encountered inclusions, invitations, welcoming to illegal criminal lawbreaking, trespassing, invading migrants. According to Roger Ruvolo in the Washington Examiner, instead of focusing on the major problem of illegal immigration in our country, the Biden administration is trying to deport a homeschooling family. The legacy media, the mainstream leftist progressive liberal woke slimeball media, is largely ignoring the story of a German family who are facing deportation from our United States of America because they're white and because they're Christian homeschoolers. The story is rich with irony because the Biden administration has opened the U.S. border to millions upon millions of illegal, criminal, law-breaking, trespassing, invading migrants. They've entered illegally, bringing drugs, gangs, terrorists, diseases, weapons, child sex slaves, and God knows what else with them. Yet, there's a family that followed the rules, who came to the United States legally. They've lived here for 15 years, and now the same government that has turned our southern border into a wide open red carpet is trying to kick this family out. It's an important story to be sure for exposing the incompetence and the dereliction of the people now running our nation. There's another equally pernicious side of the story that's not getting the attention that it deserves. This is a Caucasian family and they homeschool their children with Christian ideology. To our teachers unions, this combination couldn't be worse. Unions have long opposed homeschooling and any alternative to the public school system because it means funding for the teachers unions are threatened. It reduces union control over the youngsters whom teachers intend to mold into compliant pro-union automatons. Homeschooling and Christianity are sensitive angles because they directly oppose the pillars of the globalists, the socialists, the communists who currently populate the higher levels of our United States government. One socialist pillar is government control of your children. This is why the unions support the don't tell laws in transgender cases. The unions also support the extreme left in their efforts to push transgender ideology, curricula that are so pornographic that I've dubbed it sex X X X ed, and politicized curricula that stress racism, class warfare, anti-white rhetoric, and of opposition to capitalism. The other socialist pillar is disdain for religion in general, and it goes back decades. Governments at all levels have taken aim at Christianity, banning prayer in schools and other public fora, cleansing faith from schools and customs and curriculum, and sending clear signals of hostility towards Christians. You notice, they don't have a problem with the more violent religions. The family in question here moved here because German law prohibits homeschooling. The family felt that the public school curriculum in Germany conflicted with their Christian beliefs. 
because the German school system, much like our own, is perfectly capable of indoctrinating children in anti-religious thought. So those parents opted for, applied for, and were granted asylum for religious freedom. The Obama administration naturally moved to oppose them, but eventually they got asylum. And then their asylum status was revoked. The people who first came to these shores were what today would be denounced as religious zealots, so devout and so resistant to government coercion that they risked everything, their lives, their fortunes, to sail across the Atlantic and start a new life free from religious persecution. It's poignant note today that our government is going out of its way to send people back to a place where the discrimination against Christianity had been nationalized. It's a sad story not only for this family of Germans who remain anonymous, but for our nation and for your children and grandchildren's futures as well. The soul of America, our flyover country people, welcome those who are yearning to be free as long as they come through legally, lawfully, and are not oppressed by our very own government. Such a disgusting shame. And the Biden administration will continue to push to have this family of white Christians evicted in the ironic twist that they're letting millions of illegal criminal lawbreakers come in unlawfully. Folks, I have run out of time for this edition of your Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a terrific Thursday, and we will see you on the next one. Bye-bye for now. Do you like large pizzas? Real supreme pizzas? Only the whitest ingredients can make the world's whitest pizza. Introducing the White Super Supreme Pizza from Bubba John's Pizzeria. Made with pure white flour, pure white dough, pure white American cheese, and pure white Alfredo sauce. Topped with all of your favorite ingredients. This pie is sure to please. Order online and get a White Super Supreme Pizza for only 10 bucks when you use the promo code WHITEPIZZA. The whitest ingredients make the whitest pizza. Bigger pizza, you betcha. Bubba John's. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Exposing the lies of the left, the Democratic Party double standard, the corruption of the Biden crime syndicate, and telling it like it is on matters of public interest. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was pre-recorded.